0: Thank, thank, thank you very much, William.
1: What's up, everyone? Another Friday, and another chance to undes your favorite pair. And welcome back to My First Kicks. It's Air Max month, and to kick off this month of Air. I welcome Jasmine Gonzalez, a.k.a. Jixie, to the podcast. She's our first woman on the show, and I would not have it any other way. Jixie talks about being in the sneaker game at a young age and what it was like in old New York. This episode, I have to say, I learned a lot. As a person who was always inclusive to anyone in the sneaker game, I wanted to try and include as many women as possible in such a male dominated industry as their stories are rarely heard or even told. Jixie always keeps it real and has also made it her mission to give women in sneakers their voice. So having on, having her on meant a lot to me. You're in for a great listen. So be sure to look out for all of her work. You can find Jixi on all socials as Kixi Jixi. That's K-I-X-I-J-I-X-I. Check out her work with the In Her Souls Collective on Instagram at In Her Soul, S-O-L-E Collective. Check out her episode on locker looks from Foot Locker and the sneaker game. I'll even put the links in the episode description. So let's get those numbers up. And you know where to find your boy. I am who is Haas on all social medias. For everything else, hit up the link tree at linktr.ee slash myfirstkicks. Check out the TikTok. I'm trying to make cool talks like I'm 15. Nah, I'm putting my own spin to it. I'm going to try to get as similar to what I put out on your ears and, but throw a little video form to it. Uh, you know, you can check out the last episode with Russ Bo- Moreland and I'd like clipped a video from uh, last week's episode. And don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast. Let's grow this community. Let's grow it so we can be inclusive and we can have everybody on to talk about their first kicks. That's the goal. And now on to the episode with Jixi. Hey, Jixi, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you so much. No, thank Hi. you. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm always humbled and honored to be a part of someone else's creative. So I thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast.
1: I mean, we we ran into each other on Clubhouse and uh, for anybody listening, the next stretch of people will definitely be from, from Clubhouse, but... Uh, running into you and running into your and seeing your page and, and we talk about sneakers and you put me up on models I have never heard of I was like I gotta have you on
2: <laughs> thank you so much I <laughs> I get so passionate uh, clubhouse is like it's a great place because you get to speak on it and it's so different from every other social media app where you're looking at it so I'm just happy to be able to connect with people who share the same passion the same way I do like we love we could talk about it all day long. You already know us and the fam literally going all day long talking <laughs> about sneakers. So, yeah, I spent I like eight hours
1: them. one time. It was crazy.
2: Yo, sometimes we just they open the room in the morning and we just stay there popping crap all day about different <laughs> kicks and apps and just everything. You know, one day I remember going to resellers, different models. Just like everything bots. We had everybody in the room. We had media companies. It was just so crazy. So it's definitely been, a, it's been a change of pace, which is really nice because it's nice to connect with real people, especially during this time through COVID and through everything we're going through. I think it was, it's really needed. So I thank you guys for kind of like reminding me how much I love just talking to people about it. It's been a while.
1: No. Yeah. Um, You know, I started this podcast just to to get more stories out there. And, uh, you know, Clubhouse has definitely been something that I feel I've been using as as more than networking, but also to get stories like more stories out of people as well. Correct. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. So uh, for people who aren't uh, familiar with you, how about you introduce yourself to my listeners?
2: (sighs) Awesome. So my name is um, Jasmine. I'm known as Jixie. On Instagram, I am Kixie Jixie. I'm basically a sneaker culturalist. I explore the culture of sneakers and the lifestyle and people in it. I'm also a historian, so... I have quite a knowledge base as it applies to product, sports, and everything in between, especially with a focus on women's, everything related to women and sneakers. And I'm also a collector, so I can back my shit up.
1: That's shit a that fact. That is a spirit. fact.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: People who talk about it, but you really don't, you're not really participating in the raw sport of collecting it. So um, I definitely like to make that a point. And um, I am somewhere on the corner of plus size sportswear and sneakers. So I'm definitely an advocate for plus size women in this space and for being uh, more for everyone else brands being more inclusive.
1: Oh, yeah. I I mean, ever since I was a younger kid, I was always been big. So like I remember walking into stores in Soho and then people be like, yo, nothing in here fits you. So why are you here? So I know I know that feeling.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I often ask myself the question, you know, if I was smaller and I loved fashion and fashion loved me back, would I still have collected at the level that I did when I was so young? Because um, I spent a long time just being like really into into sneakers in a way that's just like some people would say unhealthy
1: (laughs) (laughs) and that's why we i started this podcast and i started this podcast with because of this question um what's your first kicks what's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have
2: um it was a pair of um well i wanted white alice's so there was this sneaker when i was young um i was like six years old and Mm. i saw A girl in my class, I'll never forget her name either. Her name was Silmarie Nieves. And she had on a pair of these white sneakers and they had like what looked like a sun on the side of it.
0: Mm. That was actually
2: the LSE logo, but that's how I described it to my mom. And I told my mom I wanted them. And she came back with a black pair. And I mean, they were still them. They had the sun, but I was like, mom, they're black. And she was like, it's winter. You don't wear white in the winter. And that was my first sneaker that I asked for, and sneaker lesson.
1: <laughs> that uh, I feel like that has always been in a common thread in my life as well, because like my mom would always preach to me, like, "Yo, you gotta have black because it lasts longer." So I definitely know where you're coming from.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I say it throughout the years. I've gotten a bunch of like sneaker lessons from my parents. You know, they taught me how to clean my sneakers, how to keep them clean you know, certain rules, what to wear, what not to wear, Um, you know, just like holidays. We celebrated sneakers as, you know, holidays, Easter, Christmas. Mm -hmm. It was about what sneakers we getting for the holidays. So growing up with young parents has definitely also helped my sneaker game.
1: That's that's super interesting. Like the like what was your (laughs) um, I guess the sneakers that were hot and when you were growing up.
2: Well, when I when I was really young, like six years old, you know, I remember, of course, always Adidas shell toes. I remember Pumas. I remember Ponies. I remember Pro Keds. I had kangaroos. Um, I loved kangaroos because they had little pockets on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had Etonics, you had LSE, you had British Knights, you had LA Gears. These were more of the different 90s like. That was like very early, late 80s, early 90s brands that were really like super lit. Um, Nike was always lit, too. I can't even sit here and say that. Like the goal was always a Nike pair. Mm -hmm. Nike was more money than pro kids and ponies. So if you were rocking Nike, you were lit. And then as I got a little bit older, like double digits, like 10 years old, I, you know, I remember Reebok and Jordans and then Air Raids and those different models, Agassiz. And then we get into those kinds of sneakers. Also, like,
1: were you you able to get all these pairs or like, was it something, you know, I guess every holiday you'd have to like wait for it? Or was it was it something that you like did you?
2: So, um, not that we have money. I grew up in the hood, but, Mm. you know. I I can't even explain it. Like you grow up in poverty, you grow up in the hood, but you have young parents who need to look good and be fresh and be fly. And they're part of the whole hip hop movement and lifestyle that's going on. So, you know, we always had clothes and sneakers and the house was always full of people and party and laughter. So I kind of grew up in that early hip hop movement. Um, So it was like my parents, um, thank God, you know, they were you know, street kids and they knew how to hustle and they knew how to get money and stay fly. And I was very spoiled. I would get like two to three pairs of sneakers a week. That was my thing. I, um, I love to shop on my own. I had a lot of freedom at a very young age. I used to go shop in stores in Soho at a very young age, different sneaker stores around the city. So during that time, I I was able to touch everything. I, I still have a few pieces. A lot of that stuff, though, I've gotten rid of or exchanged it in some way for bigger sizes as I went through the years so I've been able to uh, keep some pieces you know and still have some of those memories till this day
1: that's amazing so like what is it about that like I guess the nineties eras of shoes that, that stuck with you because a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of models you've, you've pulled down and shown on your page of like, I remember those just on like, you know, like trainers and stuff like that. Just like, I remember not being into them, but I remember seeing them and being like, Oh, these are amazing. But what piqued your interest that you, you needed to have those as well?
2: I mean, in the nineties, it really was about like the biggest meaning, literally like the most baddest ball kicks so you know Ewing's were lit you know Mm you had course highs you had sneakers that were bulky and now people would say is too now people would say they're too bulky and too weighted but at the time they were just um really dope models of sneakers and they put a lot of detail in design I think the 90s was the best era for sneakers um as you can see we're still living in it because they still keep bringing back these old models that came out there times so those were like the best eras for sneakers and growing up in new york you always want concrete kicks you always want kicks that beat up the pavement Mm -hmm. not the other way around so you you really wanted something that was durable and you wanted something that was going to last especially like going to school walking around i know like not many people had lots of sneakers so You would get one pair that would last and and you would wear them for gym. You would wear them to go to school. You know, you try to keep them clean and crispy. I know people that didn't even participate in gym because they weren't trying to mess up their new sneakers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know that, too. I I know that, too. Very well. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. What was that? Oh, no,
2: I was just um, (laughs) saying like. I, there was people that did not even participate in gym because of that. So it was pretty funny.
1: No, nah, yeah. I mean, I know that very well. I remember a bunch of kids would be like, oh, they just got the fresh, the, 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 I think it was like the 13s came out or something like that. And this kid wore it, wore it to a gym class and he was just like, I, but I had, I, I used to go to, in high school, I went to Washington Irvin and Washington Irvin had a, a, a,
2: hey, a uh, go? what happened? What year did you go?
1: I went 2004, 2006 to 2008 or something like that. No, 2004 to 2008.
2: So I went to Washington Irving. I went to Washington Irving in 96.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah. And I graduated like uh, 99, 2000, 2000 was my graduating year. Mm -hmm. And um, that school was a fashion show. So... When it came, you went to it when it was already divided, but I was in the art house. So I was an art kid and um, everybody in the art house, you know, shout out to everybody who I went to school with because Mm. they were just they were such motivators in terms of fashion and style Um, because of how big Washington Irving was. It was a melting pot of people from. Washington Heights, the Bronx, Brooklyn. So it was like those three areas were mixed in a school with a lot of young fly kids. And it was just a mixed melting pot of style, of fashion. You know, we were into Iceberg and we went into Dolce & Gabbana and Moschino. And, you know, you had Air Max's and you had Jordans and it was just polo movement was lit. So I think that that school was like pivotal to to even making me love sneakers even more and the location, you know, we had transit there, we had blades, we had all these different stores that were right near our high mm-hmm. school. So you should just go after school and pick up kicks.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never, <laughs> I've never had the money to do it, but I definitely was like, I I, I agree with you. I still was going there and it would still be like pretty fashionable as well. Um, but like, I guess, well um what i think was just like hilarious was just like we would have i don't know if you remember, i don't know if you when you went there was the same thing was the top floor was like the, was like workout, the workout workout style gym yeah. where they had like the gym stuff and then downstairs was yep. the basketball court yep and uh this one dude had 13s and he was just like he was like he was just milking the um the treadmill so that he couldn't incre- like he could increase his sneakers And he was just he was just walking on the slowest pace, just trying to like not crease his sneakers. It was the most funniest thing.
2: Yeah, I remember like I remember getting like Flint 13s like two months early and pulling up to pulling up to school and everybody would be like, yo, where you got those from when they come (laughs) out And it was just, that was always the goal, you know, the goal was just always for people to never have seen your stuff. Like, what are those, you know, type of vibe. That was, that was the goal back then.
1: I mean, that's interesting because like the, the goal of what are those back then versus what are those now is totally shifting because like, what are those now has such a negative connotation
2: yeah, because people, everybody, you know, kind of wants to fit in and wear the same things. I think as opposed to before, you know, I used to get upset seeing somebody, especially like somebody I'm close to, like, let's say your friend, you hang out with daily in the same sneakers as you is like, why you had to go and buy the same sneakers with all the different sneakers there are out there. Why do you have to go buy mine? Like, why can't you go be your own? You want to be like, me, so it was like, that was kind of like the idea back then. Now, please, you feel like that you're going to be tight because like all thousand hundred people wearing the same sneakers in the same location in the same place at the same time. So it's definitely changed quite a bit, but I still aim for that. I still aim to get rare things. That's why I think my um, collection has taken a turn over the years and I've, I've gotten a lot more collabs and overseas drops and things that people
1: normally aren't looking for because
2: I am still trying to be an individual and set my own tone.
1: I love that. I love that because like the the trend of just like trying to be your own and be like unique, I feel like is definitely just fading over time because everybody's buying the same models. And it's hard to be like, oh, I got those. And then for you to be like, and then for somebody else to be like, yeah, I got those too. And you, for, for you to uh, for you to not feel unique after that is definitely tough.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. You definitely don't. Um, and me, I like to step into places with, you know, I like to step into places with, you know, pair sneakers that I'm in and I'm killing them. And I really like to. Be an individual, make a statement with my feet, I've often been told that like um I my mood, my sneakers represent my mood, so I've been known to wear heat when I'm heated.
1: Huh. oh snap, <laughs> oh snap, don't you're gonna pull out heat and then be upset the next day <laughs> I, I have no
2: idea why, no, it'll be like same day, like depending on how you wake up, you know, your whole yeah. mood is you just throw on some heat, it's not a good day, you just throw on some shit and I think it makes me feel better. I think honestly is what it is. But at the end of the day, it's just, I have a friend who made that observation and she was like, I noticed that when you're heated, you're wearing like some fire. I'm like, how, (laughs) how did I get get to know me this well?
1: Do you have a story of maybe like when something like that has happened where you, you think that you're like, I guess uh something happens and you're happen to be wearing heat and you're just like, oh man, like you look down and maybe it just changes your mood.
2: All the time. I mean, has it's not one specific story about that. Like that's just that's just a lifestyle at a point. You know, once you do it so much, it's like your daily flow just revolves around, um, you know, I'm excited to wear Valentine's kicks. I'm excited to wear Black History Month kicks. Like just becomes part of a lifestyle that you are, you know, used to. I can't say it's one specific story about that. It's just my whole life is just um, sneakers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, as is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty um, much, right?
2: So yeah, it's just like it becomes a part of like, and it's crazy because people ask me some of these questions, and you just uh, you don't realize because you don't analyze from out you know outward. You don't look outward at it. It's just something that it's part of your life. It's like eating, right? Oh, did you eat this morning? Mm, I can't really remember because. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like what sneaker uh I can't really remember right now so it just becomes part of who you are
1: I mean that's I mean with an expensive collection it definitely becomes harder to keep track of what you're wearing day to day because like I mean who like uh, before Instagram how how are we trying to you know I guess keep track of like okay these were in the rotation this week like I don't I it was always just out of like I guess mood for me and
2: Yo, when, you know, when I was like, I went through different phases with my sneaker collection. So there was a point where I used to name all my sneakers. My sneakers had names. So it'll be like Peter Pan, Michael Jackson, because that's the trigger in my head for these sneakers. Mm -hmm. So I would name them, you know, Paul Wall. And they, the names had nothing to do with the sneaker. It's just how I remember the sneaker. So the Michael Jacksons that I had, they were actually a pair of Reeboks that had a lot of patent leather on them. Uh-huh. So the reason I called them Michael Jackson's because they look like his patent leather shoes. So to me, that's how I remembered what was in the box. So in the on the bo- sneaker box, some of my sneaker boxes still have names on them. People ask me, why does this say Michael Jackson on a sneaker box? And I'm like, oh, dang it. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's old.
1: That's dope. (laughs) That Mm -hmm. is dope because at least it's your name. like you name the shoe as opposed to what these names that like are people are giving to the shoe before they even come out.
2: That's really how I understood. I had a good memory was just you know looking at my sneaker boxes, knowing where everything is because I always know where my stuff is, no matter how many I have. Playing sneaker Tetris, you know, moving this box, Mm -hmm. let them fall, move it to the side so you could take out what you need. I was like pre-drop fronts, so (laughs) that's really how. I would move back then and you know, we just, me and my, my collection went through some changes. So it's dope now to see where, where we've gone.
1: What are, what are some changes that you made?
2: Um, how I store my sneakers, you know, from Mm -hmm. where, from taking, stopping to name them to everything. You know, I've always, you know, it's crazy. I've always, um, shown sneakers online. So before Instagram, I I always post the sneakers on Facebook. So mm-hmm. like pre-2011, you'll see a lot of like what I used to do back in a day and take pictures on like shitty quality cameras of my feet. <laughs> and I would have these old, old pictures um, on my Facebook. And before that, I used to post sneakers on MySpace.
1: Oh, let's go. Here we go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, I was always like posting different sneakers. My MySpace picture was a picture of me rocking some really dope LA gears. And that was my default picture. And I actually forgot about that. So I really, I used to do that a while, but I've never kept track of like, you know, I know in my head what I have and what I, what I own and what I, you know, what I don't have.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, everybody has the, I mean, there. I can't say that because, like, I recently found a pair that I totally forgot I had. I had the the Bruce Lee Vans Supremes that came out a while back, and I was just like, "Oh snap! I have these, and I've never worn them." So it's it is hard when the the, the collection gets pretty big. It's really it's it gets it gets hard to be like, "Oh, have I worn these?"
2: Well, I know what I have worn right. and I haven't, and I have a really big collection. But I know I know what I wore, what I didn't. And I know where they are and I know what I need. Like I like to finish, I make my own series. So let's say, and I, I guess that's why I collect, I become compulsive. Mm -hmm. So if I like, you know, I love Reebok Freestyle High for 11s. So I need like all special ones. Um, Uh, if I like a pair of like, I love, uh, kamikazes, I need all special kamikazes. Uh I like pandas personally. So I want all panda sneakers ever. Um, I like hologram, uh, or anything iridescent. So I need all the iridescence everywhere, even though I don't have all the iridescence, but I have quite enough. So I'm, I kind of make these little series for myself and I try to finish them and I try to collect them. And, um, and I'm pretty good with memorizing, you know, what I have and don't have just because it's something that I do daily. So I research sneakers daily. I'm writing about my cops daily because I'm a writer. So mm-hmm. I'm writing about certain experiences with certain sneakers. So it's like every day I'm just in my own. I I write. I work out of my sneaker room. So I'm kind of like in my sneaker room all day, just like kind of looking around um, and every season I rotate sneakers from storage. So I'll go put in winter sneakers in the summer and I will take them out right before the winter. And in the winter I'll put all my summer sneakers away. Because I just there's certain sneakers you just don't wear in different seasons. So I'm constantly like flipping around like that. So I think I'm pretty good with knowing what I have. And recently, I guess through COVID, I've spent more time on my collection Mm -hmm. and I've also um, gotten rid of a lot of stuff.
1: That's amazing because I, I don't even know, like I, I right now I just only have a closet and the closet is full. But like being able to rotate uh, through seasons is, that's a goal right there. <laughs> I want to get to that point.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, you really, I, I got to move. Like I have a rule, you only keep like 600, you know, five, 600 kicks in the crib. Mm-hmm. I don't really like to keep more than that around. So I like to I'm trying to get to
1: that. I'm trying to get to that number, Jixi. I can't even I'm I'm (laughs) like, I think I'm at I think I'm at 250 at this moment. So
2: (laughs) Nah, like I at my highest. I think like I hit like 5000 at one point. Wow. But it wasn't a healthy collection. It Mm -hmm. was a lot of deterioration. I didn't know what I had. Um, I had a lot of molded sneakers. I had a lot of stuff that I didn't wear. I had a lot of sneakers that were not my size. They were like five and a half sixes when I was super young and a kid. I'm just one of these people that never threw out a pair. Like they would get washed and I would barely wash my sneakers up. So I would just throw them like in the closet. They would live there and I would buy another 15 pairs and forget about them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's crazy because <laughs> because for me, it's just like I even I'm like I'm like, OK, what else, what else can I get? What else can I fit in this closet? What else can I fit in this closet? Well,
2: and, I mean, yeah. in terms of what in terms of what I could still buy, trust mm-hmm. me, I have a list of two cops. Oh, I yeah. still have a list of two cops. Like there are things there are pieces that maybe I don't see them for the right price or, you know, maybe I skipped on them some time ago because I was buying a few other pieces. So, you know, sometimes you got to make a good decision like you have five sneakers coming out. One of them, you know, you could get in the future. You're going to pay a little extra. The other one, you know, you're never going to find it. The third one is like, I'm going to buy it now because the price is going to triple. So it's like all these different reasons. So you got to like use your best judgment and figure out what you're going to cop and what you can cop in the future. So I'm one of these people that always has a future cop list.
1: That's dope. I I want to ask you because you grew up in the height of hip hop and, and. I mean, I make a lot of correlations between sneakers and hip hop. I grew up on hip hop, and you know, I do like what were your influences? Were where is it based off of hip hop? Growing in the height of hip hop, where is your parents being? You know, the party people that they are. What what were your influences?
2: So i I grew up in the beginning of hip hop. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even. It wasn't. It was like the emergence. We were going from disco. To this young sound that I mean, people were changing their looks. I meant they the, were heart <laughs> well, the heart of hip
1: hop. That was that was that was
2: that was the beginning. And yeah. from the beginning, you know, from a kid, mm-hmm. you know, I used to sing around the house, my uh Adidas, walking two big feet. So that was something because I was already exposed to sneakers. I was so young. These are things that um this is what shaped my, you know, my mind growing up. And mm-hmm. Stepping outside onto the block and just seeing what people respected, you know, people respected if you look good, people respected you if you, you know, were a stand-up person and you had good character. So one of the things like, and my mom tells me all the time, like I, I was a kid at two or three years old and I would just sit there playing with my dad's laces. So a lot of people, you know, my mom says I was destined for me and sneakers were destined together, but Sneakers, I I think back then it was, you know, you had rap. I wrote this article, actually. It's on walklikeus.com. Mm-hmm. It's called She Loves Kicks and Hip Hop. And it's what I say is that sneakers and hip hop are the cousins that grew up together and they slept on the same bed. Mm-hmm. And they grew up to be two different people, you know. So sneakers and hip hop directly assisted each other, helped each other, grew up together came up at the same time together. And, you know, they had a... Hip-hop had a pivotal role in gaining more exposure to sneakers. And sneakers had a pivotal role in giving hip-hop its lifestyle. So the two helped each other grow. And I think what shaped me, I want to say like during the 90s, you know, mm-hmm. during the 90s, that I I really didn't look at too many hip-hoppers' feats, I would say. And... I mean, to keep it a buck, I probably had a meaner sneaker game than a lot of hip hoppers in the 90s. Like my my inspiration in sneakers was always the drug dealers. It was always the guys Mm. on the corners, you know, sneakers derives and and how sneakers spread around and who wore the dopest kicks was really part of drug culture. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It, It wasn't even. Hip hop. It was the opposite. The rappers wanted to emulate the sh- drug dealers yeah. because those were the guys that really had it all. They they were outside every Friday in a new pair of like fresh kicks, and those are the guys that used to walk out of the stores in brand new sneakers. So it was a di- it was a different time. Like <laughs> people mm-hmm. used to go in the store, throw on a brand new kicks, leave your kicks there, and keep going.
1: That's crazy. That's crazy because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I didn't get to grow up during that time. Like I that was I was. I guess I want to say I was just being born because I, I, I was born in ninety uh, in eighty eight, so it was just like I'm a I'm a baby during that, that was
2: time. A, that was a good year for sneakers.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking back, I remember being like, "Yo, I just need to." Do, if if my mom was just like, or my mom and my dad were just like, "Yo, we should gonna we're gonna you know stock up on a pair of these or whatever," I would have been like, "Let's go." My baby first J is right there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my brother, his son's first Jordan's are bronzed. So, you know how kids have their first bronze shoes. Yeah. My nephews have bronze Jordans.
1: Oh, that's crazy. I remember. And that's the
2: thing. We we love sneakers as a family. Uh, you yeah. know, like my little brother, he was the sports fanatic. Mm-hmm. So, my brother was, you know, played football, basketball, watched it, hogged the TVs for it. So, you know, my mom watches football, basketball. My grandmother's into football heavy. So, it's like we grew up very sports centric. And understanding sports helped me understand sneakers, helped me make better predictions with sneakers, helped me follow better trends. So, you know, from a young kid, you know, just watching who's wearing what on court and being like, I'm copping those. I know they're coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for them now. And just, <laughs> and just really being like very observant. You know, in the 90s, we also had a lot of influence on TV. You mm-hmm. know, you had shows like Home Improvement. Fresh Prince, Martin, you know all of these different TV shows, even Seinfeld. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Nike sneakers, Jordans, Agassiz, like the things you would see on Home Improvement, on the sons or the or the husband. They wore fresh, fresh feet. Fresh yeah, I remember.
1: Prince. I remember Jonathan Taylor Thomas wearing some like Air Force One Eighties and being like, "I need those now,"
2: all the time. So. <laughs> That was just a great era to to grow up and in, in chicks and and be able to make that my only problem in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, since, it, you know, like that grows into high school, obviously, and then like I feel like the height of Jordan during i don't know i so it's hard to be like okay your high school your your high school years the height of jordan is also then but then also during my years my high school years the height of jordan is also happened as because, well
2: because it's cyclical and it's per, yeah. per generation right so mm-hmm. with my generation you know we had our height of certain sneakers your generation has your height but that's a good point the brand is telling the story over and over right. to raise that awareness to the generations. So it's the same experience, probably at a similar time frame. So your high school experience probably is similar to mine in terms of just, first of all, being older mm-hmm. so that you can really cultivate your look, cultivate how you want to style yourself, and then really being influenced by other teenagers that are older than you, you know, who've already are well-developed in style. So there's a lot of influencing factors, but. High school was definitely, for me, like, those were the years. Those are the years, like, first of all, the best sneakers came out when I was in high school. Um, Mm -hmm. Tim Duncan's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tim Duncan's, Jordan's, like, 12 through 15 came out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we had Air Max 95s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 95s took over the whole streets at that time. You know, you had the resurgence of Air Force Ones, mm-hmm. you know, we had the whole low life movement. It was all brand new. It was fresh. Everybody was in polo, you know, and then we had other things too, you know, Tim's were bigger and more popular than they are now. Like now Tim's a dead ass, everything, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything exactly. affiliated with Tim is dead ass. But <laughs> back then you would have chuckers, you know, you would have chuckers, you would have the beef and broccoli beef and broccoli is like a staple in the hood. You know, mm-hmm. you had those like, Eastland boots, you had wallabies. So it wasn't only about the sneakers back then, it was really about just cultivating your style. So I'm sure high school that experience in big cities is kind of similar.
1: Yeah, I mean for me in my high school, I guess the other alternative would be diesel shoes because I seen a lot of (laughs) I saw a lot of diesel shoes in in the halls of Washington Irving.
2: I can't even front. I had um I had diesel. Sneaker shoes, kind of Prada looking things Yeah. back in the 90s. I wore them briefly because uh, they look like shoes. And I've, I, I don't I never really wore heels. Maybe like I could count a handful of times. I used to try. I, I, I really tried to wear heels. I tried to be that girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I was never successful. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: I fell a lot of times. So I was like, no, nope, shoes are not for me
1: so i mean you grew up in the i guess w- the way you put it in in the rooms is uh, the easy cop era where you could just walk in and be like yeah. hey let me get those but have you ever i guess you know ever since the whole like lines and all that stuff have you ever ex- like experienced a line or 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 like experienced a rude line
2: of course you you can't sit here and You know, me, myself, I'm a culturalist. I explore the culture, I explore the history. Mm -hmm. I've experienced lines out of the country in London. You know, like I've, I've put myself in situations to experience everything that is this culture, you know, from past events to current, you know, events to, you know, old sneaker pimp shows, old sneaker battles to where we are now. So it's been a lot that I have, but yeah, hell yeah. Like you can't sit here and call yourself a collective. You've never been you know, me, I'm a buy any necessary collector. So I'm going to cop the sneakers, you know, the way I know how I've Mm -hmm. always, you know, before online, I've always been in the street, you know, so I made a lot of connections with a lot of like resellers and people that sell sneakers and stores. So it's not always easy. Sometimes the store doesn't even have access to a sneaker. So, you know, I've had some, yo, I've had lines for sneakers that you won't even, you don't need to line up for, but just because of the circumstances, it was crazy. Like, uh, metallic red foam posit. Uh, we had to make a small line in front of the store.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was just a small line. It was just a regular little line, right? Yeah. Yo, tell me how it turned into a tsunami of people that bum-rushed the door, that oh pushed God. everybody. Mothers fighting because they need to get it for their kids. Everybody's going crazy. Cops is around. I see a no, uh, uh, shish kebab flying the air. And I'm like, nah, not for metallic foams. Like this is, this is just, this was supposed to be an easy cop. Like how did it turn into this? Yeah. So I've even seen situations that turned into something like that. And I remember when lineups started in New York city and like everywhere was packed. You went to every foot locker, you seen lines in front of them. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Never. So I swore to myself, no more. Like I did a few and I was like, nah, no more.
1: No, yeah, I did one and and I was like no more because it was it was it was it <laughs> was similar to that. Like for yeah, for me for me it was one. It was like uh to all my listeners, you guys know my my story about the uh the KD KD scoring titles, um but I camped out yeah. me and my boy, shout out to Chris, we camped out in front of 21 Mercer when we got there. I think we got there the day before at like eight o'clock or something like that right and we get there and it's two lines on both sides so you couldn't tell which line is for the, like yeah. the actual release so i'm like this is bad news already right and my boy's like no, no 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 let's just let's just let's just chill let's just chill so we get chairs we buy chairs from Dwayne reed sit down get there and then like i'm just like i'm trying to in and out of sleep i'm in and out of sleep finally like it's like eight o'clock and then I'm I'm like I we all like get up because everybody does the whole let's stand up. When somebody stands up, everybody else stands up. So we start trying to get the line in order. I look across the street and I'm like, oh, this is not gonna go good. It's a bunch of like It's like 30. It's like it's like 15 to 20 dudes there across the street. And I'm just like, this is not going to go well. The soonest the door like they try to like not even not even the door like them open to like say, hey, we're open. It it was just the dude going in to the store and they just started bum rushing. And it was just they shut it down and, and they released the shoes on Twitter the next day.
2: Sounds about right. I copped them for retail online for $219, I remember. And I have the, sporting, the KD shirt for the scoring titles as oh, well. Oh, that's dope. So I remember I paid $219 for them. And everybody's like, why are you going to pay that price for them? Like, if that was a problem. And I was like, I, because you're never going to find these again. They're never going to re-release them. <laughs> and I, had a, I have a love affair. KD4s is on my top 10 models. It's oh, on, wow. I don't have an order for my top 10. hmm but it's up there on my top 10. Like, I love that model. I love the galaxy scoring titles on pearls. Uh, I went in on those, the nerfs. Uh, I definitely went in on KD fours when, when they came out.
1: Yeah. I mean, KD fours were really cool because of the strap and like, it was just like a sleek model. So it's hard <sighs> it to was be like, yeah,
2: super, super sleek. Yeah. And I really do love, like, I love mid straps. I love ankle straps. Uh, um, it's a feature that I really love, and I just love the fit. The fit for me was just everything. Like I have a very wide foot, mm-hmm. it kept my foot very balanced. It really locked my ankles there, so it was just like the technology of it was super dope for for my foot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do with like, I mean, the new stuff, the new like the Cosmic Unity. I'm, I've been, I mean, if you've been in rooms with me, I've been talking about this damn shoe for like the past two, three weeks now. <laughs>
2: I know. I I hear you all the time. I'm not really into any of the current models for, you know, I'm not really into the current models for KD's line. Mm -hmm. I think his line kind of faded. I'm kind of over how basketball sneakers are so much like runners now. Mm -hmm. They're like so sleek and low cut. You know, I really miss the age of like big bulky basketball kicks and you know, the game changed. So the sneakers have to change with it. You know, it's not the same game anymore as it was in the nineties. So, you know, the sneakers have to be able to serve and and perform for the current game being played.
1: That that's so true. I mean, we talked about on this podcast, we talked about, uh, like I, I made a distinction and somebody else like brought it to my attention. It's just that basketball sneakers now are they're more formed to the foot of the player than they are to just like for everybody. So it's hard to be like, like, it's hard to be like, Oh yeah, this shoe is comfortable for me when, you know, <laughs> it's modeled after LeBron's foot. Like you and Le- us and LeBron do not have it's the same It's kind shape. of
2: always been like that though. Like Jordans are made for Jordan's foot. That's why they're like pigeon toe and mm-hmm. it hurts your pinky toes. Like some Jordan models kill pinky toe. They're pinky toe killers. Because Jordan walked and pivoted on his outer foot a lot. He pronated out. He was also bow-legged and pigeon-toed. So a lot of sneakers, like my brother has a skinny foot. He's mm-hmm. perfect for like Jordan 12s, Jordan 10s, and his skinny little foot. And I always was mad at him for that. <laughs> but I think really the game changed in terms of it was a contact sport. Right, You stopped at the hoop a lot. And you had to break and stop short. Mm-hmm. So the sneakers had to be really bulky and support your ankles in that way. Where now you run a lot. So basketball sneakers now have more performance for running where before you needed like superior traction. So a lot of these sneakers, the performance of them are not the same. They're not for the same game. So that's why they've changed so drastically. Yeah. So now we're looking at sneakers that are lower cut, but the ankle locking feature is in the mid, middle of your foot. So that's why mid straps, mid sole, you know, mid straps, or um, who is it? It's Kyrie. Kyrie's line has an invisible mid strap.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, it, it's in the middle of the foot. You just can't see it. And like, there's lot lots of like fly wire to bring the foot down to the sole so that your foot doesn't. LeBron's have fly wire in it, flight plates, you know, things like that. And that's all now for the current performance of the game where you're jumping to shoot a three. So it's really to support the jumping and the running.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the, what was it, the 16th, 17th? They like did that, they introduced that like zoom pattern where on the bottom mm-hmm. it was like five different color zoom bubbles.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that is really that, that's really to support the current performance of the game. So it's like I missed, um, you know, I miss the old bulky aesthetic that was, like, really meant to, like, lock your ankles and, like, cast.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, those, like, the uptempos, uptempos had that. Uh, Air Force, even though Air Force One highs were like, yo, you're strapped, you're strapping in. We're going for a liftoff on this one.
2: Yo, I used <laughs> to love those, but I love those to swag and I used to like to leave the the strap hanging in the back. Yeah, the sheet and style just throw, and throw my giant jeans on mm-hmm. because we used to wear big giant jeans back then and mm-hmm. just put them on. Like those were those were hard as fuck. And um, you know when uh, Supreme came out with them, you know I had to go back because I was like, what. Those uh, that's, you know, that's a model that's close, near and dear to my heart. Yeah. And also when they made them um, Flyknit. So mm. I really, Flyknit AF1 highs, nobody likes them. Everybody's like, ill. I guarantee you, you put a pair on, you're going to be like, what the fuck am I missing in life? <laughs> Those, first of all, it feels like two sponges when you're putting them on. Something mm. about the sole is very soft. So when you put them on, you're like, what the fuck? You have to look twice at the sneaker. Like, what the fuck am I putting on? So it turned out to be a really dope model. I'm not mad. I'm actually mad that I don't have more.
1: Uh, now you more, sold I me. Beat
2: my, I beat them down.
1: Yeah, you sold me. I'm going to have to start looking on Macari. Be like, hey, uh, let me see if I can get a pair of these.
2: <laughs> Someone actually told me that they feel just like the AF1 flying it. So it's probably if you have an AF, uh, sorry, the Jordan One Flyknit. Mm-hmm. So they said the AF One Flyknit feels like the Jordan One Flyknit. So I definitely do recommend that it's like a very comfortable sneaker, and people be like, "Oh, you know, Yeezys are comfortable." You know, I'm, I don't find Yeezys comfortable. So it's all about, you know, it's all about your your preference. Like me, for me, um, I have a wide flat foot, and I pronate heavy on the outside, so. And I also stomp when I walk. Mm-hmm. So I walk on my, like my, I don't walk on the ball of my foot. I walk in the middle. So I'm like stomping. So for me, my comfort sneakers are foam.
1: Ah, I, I've never heard people say that comfort uh, like comfort comes from foams. Like Yo. those were the... My
2: foams. <laughs> my foams. Uh-huh. There's, first of all, you, you, you don't, you haven't worn a foam yet until you've broken a foam in. Foams are made to um, mold to your foot. They're meant uh. to take the shape of your foot. They're meant to mold to it. They're meant to kind of pick up your um, your footprints mm-hmm. in the sneaker. So if you don't break the foam in, you're not even wearing the foam yet. You're wearing the shell. So you really have to break a foam in. And once you break your foams in, that you literally can slide them in and out. Like the new Nike that they have that you're supposed to be able to put your foot in and take it out. I could yeah. put in all my foams. So you, you break a foam in and it becomes very comfortable because it contours to your foot.
1: Uh, That's, that's a solid point because I mean, for me, I've always stayed away from them because I'm a size 13 and they make my feet look like I'm wearing gigantic eggplants.
2: Yeah. They look like yachts uh, at that size, (laughs) especially metallic. They look like some kind of car, but I think like, I think like if you, you get a good pair and beat them up really good or take a pair that you have and just. rocking them like his beaters you'll find that you'll you know you'll find that comfort if you have like a similar you know foot like my brother he has a super high arch and a very skinny foot Mm -hmm. he does not find foams comfortable he does not find jordan ones are his like enemies he hates them because his foot is dangling in them because his arch is so high Mm. so his comfort sneakers like he's in like some interesting new balance that I'm like is that is a pure performance sneaker because you are not dripping in those and he's like these are so comfortable (laughs) (laughs) like he's in love with 35s right now like 35s Jordan Mm -hmm. 35s he's like copping all the exclusive ones and I'm like barf barf barf
1: (laughs) well I mean the 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 arch on that (laughs) damn thing is so freaking you could see that from across the street
2: barf (laughs) so I explained to him I'm like you like all the barfy kicks and he's like you like all that shit that everybody else wearing he tells me Mm -hmm. but I'm like no I pioneered that so you can't even say that exactly but yeah it's all about it's all about your gait it's all about your own biometrics of your feet and that's why we all find different sneakers comfortable for us so when people say oh you know this is the most comfortable sneaker I'll ask them you know are you high arch low arch flat foot wide foot you know you pronate supinate like i'll ask all those questions and if it doesn't match mine then it's like oh that sounds really good but it's not for my foot
1: uh, i mean that's a solid point because i mean a lot of people uh would say like you know all oh, this shoes is, is uh, comfortable and i'll be like like was, like for real like i think recently somebody was just like oh yeah the, uh, the jordan 11s are super comfortable i'm just like in what world are they comfortable because they are not comfortable
2: Jordan 11s are okay, I guess. I never wore them for comfort. I just wore them for a little swag. And Mm -hmm. even then, they weren't, they were never my favorite. Like, I love intricate Jordans. So it's like Jordan 5s, you know, were always like super dope to me. Uh, Sevens, love sevens. Um, 15s, love 15s. I mean, hyper obsessed with 15s, 16s. Um, I did all the other retros when I was younger, so I don't really have Mm -hmm. a taste for them now. I buy ones because they're in my face, but not because I'm like, oh, I need that one. Oh, I need that one. Oh, that one is for me. Not because I'm feeling like that, but just because they're in my face. And you know what? Um, Some of the colorways, like, you know, we don't have enough yellows. Now they have the silver toes. I looked at the silver toes so much. Now I want them. And it was like, dang, dang it but that's because I don't have enough silver sneakers.
0: Right. Yeah. So
2: when I look at that, I'm like, Oh yeah, I need some silver toes. So not really. I need another pair of ones. Sometimes it's just the color and, you know, that's really where I'm at with my sneakers. Sometimes it's just something very small that I'm like, I need that for a fit or something.
1: No, yeah. I mean, you were talking about, you know, going through seasons and and uh, moods of, or, and of like, oh, you want to get through this? Or like, I call yeah. them phases. And like, I, I was in, in college, I went through a cream phase where I just bought nothing but cream color sneakers. And then, you know, like it's that.
2: Not, I, <laughs> I hear you. That's yeah. not a phase. That's actually, that's a personal, it's like, it's a little small mini curation within your collection and it, it is specific to your personality, to your persona.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, your, your cream collection and it's crazy. I got some dope. I got like Tokyo's, I got some nice cream ones too. Um, your need for it was just based on your, your preference. Right. Yeah. So that's super dope. I love that. And you know, now in, in 2021, you know, it's like I go and I look for you know sneakers that I love like collaborations. I've become like a collaboration freaking whore because you know you love what I love is like I love boxes. I have mm-hmm. that's why I can never fully convert to to drop fronts. Yeah. First of all, it's not enough ventilation for my sneakers and drop fronts. But um, I love like yeah. I mean, recently
1: you, know? you posted. Uh, for Valentine's Day, even though it's going to come out but way after Valentine's Day, you posted those Reeboks, Colette collabs and those were crazy.
2: Yeah, those came out in like
1: 2008.
2: Mm-hmm. And um, that was a time where brands weren't making stuff for women. So women were not a focal point. You know, women, they weren't making women's collaboration, women's drops. There were certain stores in history that were pivotal at making sure they highlighted women. and Colette was always one of them. Mm -hmm. So Colette did so many sportswear and streetwear collaborations with Reebok and Nike and just all kinds of companies. And it was just dope to see, dope to have them at the time, just because Reebok was, (laughs) it still is one of my favorites. And the freestyle is definitely like it's a defining sneaker for me. Uh, it's defining because it's the sneaker that I give credit to making me a collector.
0: Mm. That's... It was a
2: sneaker that when I was a kid, my mom was like, which one do you want? And immediately I had a vision of all the boxes mm. because I was like, I need, what do you mean, which I need all the colors. And she's like, we'll start with one. And I started with a pair of purple ones. And, um. Then I went like the following day and got a pair of white. Then I got another pair of lime green. I started my first day of high school in lime green Reebok.
1: Damn. Shout out to Washington Irvin. Nobody bothers you for those?
2: (laughs) You know what's crazy? I met my best friend at the time. Shout out Marlene. I met met her because I walked in with a lime green. No. What did I wear? No, no, no. My bad. My bad. Wrong story. Royal. They were royal blue. Mm -hmm. And I had a royal blue crop top. And I walked into school with that, and she was sitting with a lime green pair. And we were looking at each other up and down, like, "Who is this girl wearing Reebok like me with the color like me?" And then finally, we were, I was like, "Hello," and she was like, "Hello," and then we became like besties. That. <laughs> it was like, oh my god, we love Reebok, we love sneakers, and um, we celebrated sneakers together. You know, we was very much into that lifestyle, so mm-hmm. uh, it was dope that. You know, you can meet people. I've met people specifically on just sneakers.
1: Yeah, this is how we're meeting mm-hmm. right now. Just sneakers.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it's important, you know, especially when you have those, re- you make those relationships and those connections.
0: Yeah.
2: Via sneakers. And, you know, with that premise. So to me, those relationships, you know, they stand the test of time.
1: Yo, that is a great uh almost finishing point. I would like to ask you one last question before we head off. Um what does the thrill of the hunt mean to you?
2: Um well, the thrill of the hunt. So, the hunt is part of it, but I think the sport of, you know, collecting itself is a sport, I want to say. And, you know, in collecting You know, the goal is to attain. The goal is to have. The goal is to find what you want. And to me, the thrill is never in looking for it. The thrill is always in receiving it and getting it. Sometimes it's painful to find what you want. A lot of times it's painful. Mm -hmm. It's painful to cop, especially now. Jesus, I got to look on the other side of the world. I was looking in Australia yesterday for something because I know it ain't nowhere around here. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I don't think there's a thrill in the hunt. I think the thrill for me is just is getting it in my hand. That's when I have a lacing ceremony and I spend time introducing it to his brothers and sisters. And you know, from there, I'm I'm thirsty to wear it. So I think that's where the thrill comes in.
1: That is amazing. They'll let people let people know where to find you.
2: So I am Kixie Jixie on Instagram. I'm Kixie Jixy everywhere, whether it's social media. So. <laughs> Holla at me, come shine with me, come learn about sneakers with me, come teach me something I don't know about sneakers and let's celebrate sneakers together.
1: Hell yeah. And from one Washington Irvin uh, <laughs> alumni to another, don't forget everybody out there to wear your kicks. Peace.
0: Your- <laughs>